This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Growing up in the mid-90s was interesting. I was only two years old when dial-up was first offered, and while my family wasn't the wealthiest, we managed to nab a home computer when I was around eight years old. I didn't understand how it worked then, and 20 years later, I still don't. But what I do know is that the internet has defined my generation. Growing up having mostly instant access to just about anything you could think of was a blessing and a curse. Sure, as a young kid, you could play silly games on new grounds and wait 20 minutes for a flash animation to load just so you'd watch it once, not laugh, and go find another one, but there was one thing my friend Danny and I did that constantly never ceased to feed that need for something interesting. Huddled next to each other, me in my mom's rolly chair and Danny in a chair from the kitchen table, we'd type www. in the search bar, followed by any word six-year-olds found funny. Some notable ones that I can actually remember were fart.com, monkey.com, and poop.com. Most of them just returned a page saying the domain was for sale, but those that worked tended to have us laughing for hours. Fart.com was just a button that played a random fart noise from a set of about five or six, but those six farts were absolutely hilarious. I believe the monkey site was a simple flash game where you controlled a monkey at the bottom of the screen and tried to catch falling bananas. It was a pretty primitive game, even for the standards of the time. You'd expect such a childish activity to die out and lose its spark after a few years, but it continued going strong for much longer after that. When Wi-Fi became readily available, our searches were faster than ever, and we searched up sites with more veracity than ever before. It was also around this time we learned about words that kids our age weren't allowed to say. All it took was my mom looking through the family's computer internet history for us to finally see the error of our ways. We didn't know the computer kept a record of what you searched, so when my mom came to me and asked, was it you who searched up boobies.com? Her tone was accusatory, and I knew there was no reason to deny it, but it was late and she said we'd talk about it tomorrow. Danny and I were both grounded for a week. No internet privileges, and no visiting each other. Once that week was up, however, we hopped right back into the silly habit we'd come to love. I give you all this backstory as a way to give you context for the current situation I've found myself in. Danny and I would stay friends all through middle school and high school. We even both ended up at the same college, though we couldn't share a room since he was, well, a he and I wasn't. After college, we lost contact for some time while we went off and did our own things. I got a job as a graphic designer, and he became a freelance artist. It was pretty incredible to see some of his work written about by other well-respected artists in the industry. It was while reading one of those articles that I'd gotten the idea to call him up and see if he wanted to hang out again. Just like old times. 
I was stuck inside following a recent surgery and was lucky to be able to work from home, but it was getting pretty lonely after two months of little human interaction aside from those at the grocery store and the occasional Zoom call with my boss or coworker. Nervously, I scrolled through my contacts and found Dan the Man listed just below Dad. Dan had known that I was on T for some time and was incredibly supportive, but we hadn't actually spoken to each other in over a year. I shook off the nerves and clicked his name. It rang three times, and I nearly hung up, but before I could, Dan answered. Hey, Ollie, what's up? It was so nice to hear a friendly voice again. We exchanged pleasantries, talked about how things were going for us lately, and I finally just said what was on my mind. So, I'm caught up on work for a while. You want to come by and hang out? Like a sleepover for adults? He laughed. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's just called visiting, Ollie, but yeah, man, I'd love to. My schedule's free in a few days. Did you be cool with me coming down then? <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. I'll get some things from the store for us and make sure I have some clean sheets for you. We both said goodbye soon after, and I squealed with excitement once the call disconnected. I spent the rest of the day getting everything set up. Made sure all the extra blankets were clean, I had enough food, and I even stopped by my local video store and picked up a few horror movies. I had trouble getting to sleep because of the excitement, but I managed to, and before I knew it, the day had come. I greeted him outside with a hug, trying not to squeeze too hard. He laughed. When he pulled away, he looked me up and down. You look great, dude. His smile hadn't changed since we were kids. It was always so big and bright and showed off a little too much of his gums. Thanks. You look great too. He really did. I could tell that even though he chose a more relaxed day job, he was taking time to make sure his physical appearance didn't falter. He'd come far from the nerdy art student I'd known in college, and it looked good on him. For the next 30 minutes or so, I showed Danny around the house. It was a quaint three-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath, though the third bedroom was a glorified storage room. It was half the size of the guest room and had a tall wardrobe screwed into the wall by the previous owners so they could claim it as a bedroom. The guest room was a tad bit smaller than the main bedroom, which was of course mine, but it was big enough to fit a queen and a small dresser with extra sheets and blankets. This is my room for the week, huh? Danny said, throwing his bags on the bed, studying every wall, corner, and the singular window like he was a landlord. He turned back to me with a half smile on his face. I like it. It's cozy. I smiled back and told him I was going to go get started on dinner. We talked some more over food about what we'd both been up to. I told him about the articles I'd seen about his art. He told me that he'd been keeping up with me on social media, so it was fairly simple to keep the conversation going. We both had things we knew about each other that we could ask for more information on. It was while we were cleaning up the kitchen that Danny asked something I wasn't expected. Have you looked up any silly websites lately? I looked away from the dishes and back at him. <laughs> what do you mean? He laughed a little. <laughs> you don't remember when we were kids? We'd look up random one-word websites? Well, until we got into trouble because you wanted to look at boobs. <laughs> he laughed a little harder. I laughed with him but continued with the dishes. 
I I do remember that now that you say something. No, I I guess I haven't done that since college. Why do you ask? After finishing his drink, he said, I found one. It was barely over a whisper, almost like he was worried someone else would hear it. It took me back to when we talked during class while the teacher was lecturing. I turned off the water and turned back to him with a puzzled look. He continued, I found a really cool one-word site that I wanted to show you. It was part of the reason why I was so excited you called. I was pumped to go down the rabbit hole for some random sites again like we were kids. Now he'd caught my attention. I dried my hands, grabbed my own beer from the fridge, and sat down across from him. Alright, tell me about it. I started by looking up old sites that I remembered. The monkey site doesn't exist anymore, and sadly, pizza.com is just a site to find pizza shops in your zip code. I tried a handful more, but just kept getting sites that hadn't been purchased until I overheard something on my television. It was an infomercial trying to sell me the next revolutionary face cleansing product, and the voiceover said, Make Bear Renew part of your daily morning ritual and see youthful skin in just weeks. For whatever reason, the word ritual stood out to me. I typed it into the search bar, and lo and behold, a site popped up. In reality, it was a WordPress blog, but I was pretty intrigued. The landing page was really well laid out, and at the top was the title of the blog, Richard's Ritual Glossary. Below that, it had various hyperlinks listed out in alphabetical order. I clicked the first one and quickly found out that this was a site dedicated to rituals. The first link I clicked took me to another page on the blog that showed the name of a ritual, how many participants, the rules, and supplies list. The ritual was named Affluent, and it claimed that if it was done correctly, it could bring some money into your life. It was at this moment I could see Danny's eyes lighting up with excitement. The look on my face was far from that. I was never one to dwell into the paranormal or anything adjacent to it. I didn't even watch horror movies for the fear that the negative energy would somehow make their way into my life. The only reason I picked up the other ones was because I thought Danny would enjoy them. But this was my best friend, and I trusted him, so I kept listening. I tried it, Ollie. The smile on his face when he said that was bigger than I'd ever seen it. Obviously, I'm doing pretty well for myself, but I couldn't pass up on the chance of getting a little extra money. On top of that, it was the first one I clicked on, and I'm impulsive, honestly. I let out a stifled giggle, finally breaking my silence. <laughs> you know most of that is just made up, right? The dude who owns that site probably pays his mortgage just off the money that gullible people like you bring in when looking at his site. I was lying through my teeth. Deep down, I knew I believed that it had worked. Danny just shook his head. No, normally I agree with you, but... He reached into his back pocket and pulled out an old, worn, thick leather wallet and dropped it on the table with a loud thud. I knew it wasn't his because he never carried cash and green bills were pouring from this thing. Where did you get that? I said, pointing to it couldn't bring myself to pick it up. Something about it felt 
wrong to me, though I couldn't explain it at the time. What Danny said next helped me understand why I felt that way. I found that wallet on the ground outside a gas station a week after I did the affluent ritual. I looked for an ID and asked around to see if anyone had seen the man around the area. Everyone just said they hadn't, so I took it to the police station to report it. I hoped they could find the person it belonged to, and they promised they'd get it back to him. A couple days later, they called me to say the man who owned the wallet had passed away a few days ago, and since he didn't have anyone alive who was close to him, I could keep it. Finders keepers, he smiled again. Danny, that's fucking weird and gross. I held my hand in my mouth, suddenly feeling nauseous. Put it away. He looked upset, but not in an angry way. It was more like the look a kid has when they're caught doing something they shouldn't have been doing. Danny was never as superstitious as I was, so I don't think his brain connected the dots as quickly as I did. When exactly did they say he passed away? We ended up looking up the man's obituary and found out that the man had been killed the same day Danny did the ritual. The man, his name was Oscar, was mugged at gunpoint, but given that he was a veteran, he put up quite a fight, but ultimately lost. The man who did it was caught, but Oscar's wallet wasn't discovered. Not until a week later when Danny picked it up. I explained all this to Danny, who just stared in silent confusion. That ritual killed Oscar, I finally said. Danny's face changed quickly, but not the way I hoped. He threw his head back in laughter. <laughs> Ollie, you don't really believe that silly ritual works, right? It's all just a coincidence. I was just messing with you. I don't think it actually worked. People lose their wallets all the time, and he didn't lose it, Danny. He was killed. His smile faded. Look, Ollie. I get that you're superstitious, but rituals are nothing more than a silly thing girls do at slumber parties to freak each other out. Think Bloody Mary or the Candyman thing. It's all just clever marketing. You even said it yourself. The guy was just banking off people like me, and you're probably right. We sat staring at each other for a few moments, trying to read one another. Finally, I stood up and said, I'll see you in the morning. It's getting late, and I'm really tired. All your blankets are at the foot of your bed. When I was halfway down the hall, Danny called out. What if we did one together? I stopped in my tracks. I was really hoping he wouldn't say that. Ever since we were kids, Danny had a way of convincing me to do things I normally wouldn't even think about. In some cases, it was good, like when he made me believe I had a chance to get into my dream college and actually ended up getting in. I wouldn't have even applied if Danny didn't talk me into it. I guess at that moment, I believed I owed him something. It sounds so stupid looking back. <sighs> Fine, whatever. I said, turning and walking back into the kitchen. Don't make it a long one. I want to go to bed. We decided on one called Through the Looking Glass. The site described it as a 
quick but effective ritual that allows the participants to travel to the mirror realm. It's a realm just like our own, but as if you were looking through a mirror. It should take no more than a few minutes to gather materials and set up to begin. The material list is below. Just under that short paragraph was an italicized list for the items we need in a short step-by-step -step guide. Material list. Two mirrors, preferably large and tall enough for someone to step through comfortably. If the mirror cannot stand on their own, they must be propped up. They can be placed at a slight lean, but be warned that this can lead to unwanted results. A candle. The size is not that important, though it may need to burn for some time, so things like tea candles are not suggested. How to. 1. Set up your mirrors across from each other so they're reflecting one another and creating a tunnel effect. Having the mirror sitting straight up is highly advised as it gives you a much more direct connection to the mirror realm. 2. Light your candle, then place it in between the two mirrors. It is strongly suggested that there are minimal lights or no lights at all. Too much artificial light can cause an unwanted result. Number three, wait. You will know when and if the ritual works. The room will become colder. The candle may burn out inexplicably, only to relight again. One final word of caution. Traveling through a mirror can be incredibly dangerous. You're doing this in order to see something you were never meant to, and so you may bring in some unwanted attention. Danny looked up from the laptop after reading that last line. I was hoping he looked as worried as I was, but he only wore the same look as a kid does when they see an ice cream truck. He read me like a book. Oh, come on, Ollie. This'll be fun! Look, if you get too freaked out, we'll stop. I let out a big sigh. <sighs> Fine, but this is the only one we're doing, and if it doesn't work, don't come crying to me. We set up everything in the living room. My two body mirrors were propped up on some kitchen chairs, and a small stool held our candle. The mirrors weren't perfectly straight up, as the site suggested, but we couldn't find a way to do it without risking them falling over and shattering. Okay, I think everything looks good, I said. Let's light the candle and get this over with, eh? Danny pulled out his Zippo with a smile, and in a really bad British accent for dramatic effect, said, As you wish, good sir. Next thing I knew, we were sitting across from each other, me in a recliner, him on the love seat, staring at this candle. At this point, it was the only light source in the house. I figured if we couldn't get the mirrors just right, we could at least get the light part right. We had to have been sitting there for 20 minutes, and at this point, we were both beginning to fall asleep. Danny, I think we have to call it here. I really need to get to bed, and you do too after that long drive here. I could barely even see him, though he was nearly arm's reach from me. The candle wasn't doing much for visibility, but I assumed Danny looked a lot like me in that moment, as he wasted no time agreeing with me. Yeah. Probably should have called it quits 20 minutes ago. <laughs> he laughed, then leaned forward to blow out the candle. Just before he puffed out his breath, the room went black as the candle snuffed out. <laughs>
I heard Danny let out a small gasp as I found myself holding my breath. In the moments that the candle was out, it felt like we'd entered a different atmosphere. Not only was the room colder, but the background noises you become accustomed to while you're living somewhere, like the hum of a fridge, the creaking of an old house, they were all gone. Once I'd let out the breath I was holding, I noticed that I didn't hear myself exhale. I opened my mouth to ask Danny if he was experiencing what I was, but even though my mouth moved and I felt my throat vibrate with the words as I spoke, he just gave me a confused and frightened look. He moved his mouth as well, and to the best of my ability, I read his lips. I can't hear anything. We tried our best to communicate with our silent exchange, but we both stopped when the candle came back to life. Just as it did, all sound returned. Which is such a weird thing to say, because there was barely any to begin with. I don't think... Either one of us wanted to believe it had worked, so when I suggested we just blow out the candles and put everything away, Danny was quick to oblige. I took out my phone flashlight to see things better, blew out the candle, and took it back to my room where it'd come from. Just as I put my phone on the charger, Danny calls out from the living room. Ollie, you have to see this! I couldn't pinpoint if he was excited... Or afraid. Perhaps both. Either way, I needed to know why he was yelling across the house. When I turned the corner, Danny was standing in front of one of the tall mirrors we'd propped on the back of a kitchen chair, and his hand was reaching out to it. What is... I stopped mid-sentence. Danny's finger touched the reflective surface of the mirror, and to my shock, ripples flowed to every corner, only stopping after a few seconds. Danny turned his head to me. I think it worked. I didn't want to believe it, but there was no other explanation to what I was seeing. My once solid mirror was now seemingly semi-solid, Aren't we supposed to see something strange or something from another world? I tried to sound sarcastic, but was far too scared to use the tone I wanted. Danny nodded while a huge smile spread across his face. We have to go inside, remember? If you really want to see something crazy, then you have to go through the mirror. Before I could argue, Danny was propping the mirror up against the wall and trying his best to fit through it. It was only about five feet tall and two and a half feet wide, with Danny being 6'2 and well-built. I'll admit it was funny to see him crawl through, but it was also unsettling. I don't think it had fully set in what we'd done and what he was doing. We turned a mirror into a gateway. What the hell were we thinking? Finally, I snapped out of my fugue-like state to recognize how absolutely batshit this all was. Danny, wait! I ran over and tried to grab at Danny's ankle before he made it all the way through, but it was too late. Just as the last fuzz of his socks left our world and went into the mirror, there was a loud sound similar to that of someone sharpening a knife on a whetstone. It only happened once, but when it did, I knew what it was immediately. I watched it happen. The ripples on the mirror caused by Danny's entrance all stopped at once.
placed a trembling hand on the surface. It was ice cold and completely solid. Looking through, I saw Danny, but he was mirrored. The letters on his shirt were backward, and the scar from falling off his bike as a kid looked to be over his left eye instead of his right. I called out. Danny, what's going on? Can you get out of there? He was looking around the room, my mirrored living room, taking it all in. His face wore fear just as much as it did amazement. Ollie, come through with me. This is so cool. I just shook my head. I searched for my words, but they all escaped me. When my eyes met the dark figure standing behind Danny, though, they began pouring out. Danny, get out of there! Something's behind you! Come on, get out! I was yelling till my throat hurt, but Danny just gave me a confused look before pointing to his ear and saying, I can't hear you. He then motioned for me to come in again, and I tried my best to charade my message to him that someone was behind him, that the mirror was solid again, that something was really wrong, but I couldn't. The shadowy mass that stood behind Danny placed a deep, red, bony hand on his shoulder. Danny froze, but he didn't turn around. Looking back, I'm not sure he could. Danny's face began to age drastically. His hair turned gray, then fell out, leaving nothing but dark age spots peppering his scalp. His face began to wrinkle and droop. His teeth fell out. His eyes turned from a dark brown to a light gray. His once well-fitting shirt draped over him as if it were four sizes too big. Finally, the creature lifted its hand from Danny and let him drop to the floor. Instead of thumping like I'd expected, Danny's body simply collapsed into dust. I broke down then. I cried out. I screamed for Danny, even though I knew he couldn't hear me. I cursed the creature that stood over the ashes of my best friend, called it every name in the book, and swore I'd have my revenge someday. I was so blinded by fear, rage, and sadness, I hadn't noticed that the once shadow-like mass had taken on a new form. I can only assume it drew power from Danny, and now it was able to take on its true form. Most of its top half was that of a man, though it was definitely not human. It stood well over eight feet, with large horns coming from its head, only to curl back around into its eyes. Thick, black blood tripped from the wounds as the creature sniffed the air like a dog, smelling something on the grill. Eventually, even though it had no eyes, it looked directly at me. I knew it was. I could feel it bearing down on me, and before I knew it, it was making its way over to me. The legs were like dogs, though long claws protruded from them, and there were hairless, small patches of skin peeling off in some places. I was frozen until the thing lunged at me, and it was then I did the only thing I knew to do. I had to stop this thing from escaping, and there was only one way to do that. I rationalized in my mind that Danny wasn't going to come back before sending my fist into the mirror. It hurt like hell, and I bled for a while, but it worked. Blood and broken glass littered the floor of my living room as I sat there and cried for longer than I can remember. 
I knew my hand was bleeding. But at that moment, I didn't care. I'd lost one of my best friends to some idiotic ritual. Sitting on that thought brought me back. I knew Danny was dead. But in the eyes of everyone else, in the eyes of the police, he'd be considered missing. They'd look at the phone records. I'd be the number one suspect, and they'd never believe the truth. I decided to run. I grabbed everything I needed for a cross-country trip, drained all my bank accounts, dyed my hair, did anything I could think of to make myself invisible. I've been staying out of a hotel for two weeks. I don't know how long I can keep this up, though. The police have plastered Danny's face all over my town, and they say the search is starting up in neighboring counties soon. They know about me as well. They won't say it, but when I hear we have a suspect in mind, I know they mean me. I was the last person with him. I thought about turning myself in, telling them the truth, and living in an institution for the rest of my life. They couldn't pin me for murder if there's no body, right? I need to make a decision soon. Lately, I've been feeling watched. I know it could be because I'm the main suspect in a missing persons case, but that isn't it. That thing that killed Danny stole his life from him. It's coming for me next. And before you go on about how I'm just a paranoid freak, I've seen it. It's in every reflective surface. My blank laptop screen, the windows of my hotel, even the reflection on my smartwatch, and of course the mirrors. I've done my best to cover everything that reflects, but that's no way to live. I slip up here and there, and of course, I can't cover all the reflective surfaces in the world. And then there's a bigger problem. Every time I catch myself in a reflection, I see that thing that took Danny away from me. And every time I see it, it's a little bit closer. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed tonight's story. Um, we hadn't done a ritual story in quite a long time, it feels like. I think the last time we did one was the Three Kings story from Brandon Faircloth. Definitely check that one out if you haven't heard it, it's really good. Um, but I wanted to do this one because I thought it was interesting. One, because we hadn't done one in a while, like I said. And also, I'm just curious. Have any of you ever done something like this? Have you ever tried, like, the Bloody Mary thing or um, light as a feather, stiff as a board? That kind of thing. Like at a slumber party or just at a friend's house or whatever. Me, personally, I've never been um, brave enough, <laughs> I guess you could say. It's always... I'm not a superstitious person. I'm not a religious person, right? But I don't know. there's something about like purposely doing certain things and hoping for a certain outcome that just like make me very uncomfortable. So I've just never tried it, but I would be interested to hear if you all have tried anything like it. Um, also show some love to a new author on the channel, Tate Blackwell. Um, they're really, really cool. I really liked their story. They, um, came to me, asked if I wanted to read it. That was another reason why I chose to, I was like, absolutely. Sounds really cool. 
So hopefully we can get more from them in the future if you liked this story. And um, yeah. Other than that, I think this is about it. And I just want to thank every uh, $5 patron and member. If you don't know, you can pledge over here on YouTube or Patreon for 5 bucks a month. Get videos early and get a shout-out. If you pledge $1, you also get videos early, but you don't get a shout-out. So, those $5 patrons are... Patrons and members, sorry, are Absinthe Alice, Alice E, Amethyst, Amet, Caroline, Christina Smith, CT, Deborah Tychus, Elizabeth Watkins, LSG, Furious Weasel, If In Doubt, Flat Out, Jesse Jess Jess, Justinia Zaromsky, Karen Parrott, Kat, Kathy Flanning, Lee Riggs, Lindsay Pruitt, Melody Evans, Melissa Berwick, Mindy Bannon, Moon Potato, Nicholas Moore, Nikki Parsons, Nora, Nova Nocturne, Patricia Rodea, Ray Clegg, Centennial, The New Ongoing 24, Tiger Princess, Triumph, and Victoria Step. Thank you all so, so much for the continued incredible support. And thank you to everyone who just shows up and watches the videos and leaves a really nice comment. I appreciate all of it. And I appreciate all of you. Take care of yourselves and all of those that you love and around you. And as always, stay safe out there.